Welcome to Joy Lions News Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chap, and I'm with my hey. co-host, Tyler, who is back from... He gained his voice back, guys. He's gained his hey. voice back. That's right. What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah, I missed, uh, missed last week. I did a lot of lot of yelling at the TV, man, and I, I lost now, my voice, so I couldn't get up on the pod. Tyler is also going to be po- ho- hosting the podcast for the Pistons, so if you're a Pistons fan, you might want to stay tuned for that. It's called Bad Boys Revival. It's on Spotify and Apple so far, but it'll be on more platforms as we go. And Tyler is excited about that because, you know, he's a, he's a sicko fan. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I've followed the Pistons and covered the Pistons a really long time. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to having you guys take a listen and, you know, see, um, you know, what your opinions and viewpoints are. And I think it's gonna be a really special season coming up. It's going to tell us a lot, but yeah, as far as lines go today, I you know, hopefully we can bring a lot of good fire content to you guys. I'm ready to, to kick it off right and kind of recap that, that last game a little bit. If you guys All right, so mind. we're going to recap that first game because I know you had thoughts on the game. What were your thoughts? Yeah, so um, obviously, man, I was really excited in the first half. I mean, I felt like our, our offense played really well. Um, I always feel like our team offensively and defensively come out really aggressive and really strong, which I really like. Um, but it's, it's always the consistency of, of maintaining that and keeping your foot on their necks throughout the whole game. So, you know, a lot of ups and downs. I knew that we, the game was going to be close. Um, I knew, but I also knew that we had a real chance at winning and to see us so close again, um, and, and not come away with the victory. It was, it, it was hurtful. I mean, that was, I felt like it was a really, really important game. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, it just at the end of the game, I was speechless, and I just, I literally speechless. But <laughs> um, I just think there's so many parts um, that show that we're so close. And um, like I said on a couple, couple podcasts ago, in the NFL, there's usually just two or three plays that can sometimes dictate, obviously dictate a game, but sometimes there's a handful of plays that can dictate an entire season when you look back on it. Um, so I feel like there were a couple plays in this Vikings game that if had they gone our way or we executed properly, we win this game. So that's kind of my view on it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that point because I think, you know, you look at the the Lions and the way that they played, they scored 24 points. They got they got they moved the ball up and down the field. Even with a hobbled swift, they still moved the ball. But man, that defense is horrible. Yeah, I mean, um, the defense, I mean, we obviously need to be healthy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's obviously super evident. But um, I do feel like um, we're just a couple key talented pieces away from having those guys that can make the impact plays. And like I said, this this game is uh, – this league is, is full of just a couple plays, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, we didn't play bad in a lot of areas. I mean, we – Jeff Okuda locked down Justin Jefferson, which was awesome to see. Um, and, uh, you know, we were we're getting not as much pressure to Kirk Cousins nearly as I wanted. You you highlighted before that game as the preview um, that Kirk Cousins' stats under pressure were horrible. They were right up there with Carson Wentz about just, like, being awful when he's under pressure. And we just didn't get to him. We didn't get pressure to him. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a big part has to do with um, Aiden Hutchinson probably not being 100%. Um, and some of our, you know, some of our defensive guys being banged up, but you've got to fight through and get, you've got to get pressure on the quarterback. And we didn't. And that's one of the big reasons why I feel like we, you know, we let Kirk Cousins 
have a great week, and that's why we lost. Yeah, I felt like I felt like they had to get pressure on Kirk Cousins because one of the things that Kirk Cousins doesn't like is pressure. And I really was I was kind of disappointed in Aiden Hutchinson the way he played. I mean, he, he was he couldn't his pre- pass rusher rate was pretty bad last week. Uh, Charles Harris did a good job. Uh, Lee McNeil had a good game, but they just didn't get to the passer, and that's something that you need to do, especially with the offensive line like the Minnesota Vikings, which is not really that great. You got to get to the passer. But one of the, yeah. one of the things I was really kind of just kind of pissed about was, man, I can't wait till Jerry Jacobs comes back because I am absolutely sick of Amani Awari uh, being like a total invalid lately. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because the guy, um, you know, he comes in last year. He um, is damn near all pro type of season. I mean, he had six picks. Um, you know, he had his passer uh, rating allowed against him was pretty low. Um, so it's disappointing to see a guy who, who killed it last year, come back with more defensive talent and, and not do well. So, um, I don't know what that's all about. You know, I don't know if he's in his head a little bit, but you know, he had, uh, five penalties of, um, illegal use of hands or, or uh, illegal contact with the receiver. Um, and I believe three of those were in the same drive. Yeah. Um, so like, what, what, I mean, you gotta, I understand because this team, you can't really afford to yank, uh, our warrior because who are you going to replace them with? You know, we were right. talking a little bit pre-show who are you going to replace them with chase Lucas, you know, uh, Mike Hughes, Will Harris, God forbid. I can't believe I even said his name, um, but you don't want to replace the, him with any of those guys. Cause I mean, they're, they're getting, they're burnt toast. I mean, so I do think some of the calls were a little, uh, BS. I mean, hand fighting is part of the sport and it didn't help when Adam Thielen was, you know, bitching and crying up and down the field to the refs. I can't yeah. stand Adam Thielen because of that. Oh, Adam um, Thielen's annoying. Oh, but, uh, but like we, we get Jerry Jacobs back and he plays up to par. Um, we have another guy we can rely on in case something like that happens, but we just, we got to sharpen up, man. This is a, you can tell we're one of the youngest teams in the league. Um, and we just need to stay sharp because a couple of those penalties, don't happen um and you know josh reynolds doesn't let the sun get in his eye on a on a guaranteed bomb of a touchdown i mean the score is much different we win by a seven easy no i totally agree with that i think that if josh reynolds catches that ball it totally changes the game i feel like every every team every play that they've had where it was almost they could have been three and oh or they could be oh and three too because if you <laughs> I mean the commanders, yeah, i mean it's that's just the way the NFL is right now, though. It's just tough because it's like, like you said. I mean, we literally you're two plays away from potentially being three and zero. So that means we're so close on a talent level and a grit level. But it is, I mean, I can understand as a fan and as a team. It's like it takes the wind out of your sails, man. It's demoralizing when you're you're coming in and you're leading, you know, against the Vikings and, and it's a divisional rival and and you're kind of supposed to win that game with how the game was going and what the score was going to the fourth quarter is, um, you know, we were up by 10. I mean, it sucks to lose that game, man. Um, but that's why I think these next three, uh, next three games are really, really important for the Lions. And then, um, and, and kind of how those games go can really dictate as fans and as a team of kind of where our season's headed and what to expect. All right. I totally agree. Because in my mind, I don't. Let's look. Uh, we'll kind of get in on this right now because you just brought it up. But 
in my mind, these next two games are must-win games. Not only are they must-win games, they are like a referendum on the season. And I know it's early and you can get out of the hole, but like you're playing Seattle. They are a god-awful football team. You're going to play New, New England. Um, Matt Patricia-led offense. And Mac Jones might not be playing, even though they say he might be playing this week, which I find hard to believe. But bygones be bygones. you got to win these two games. Oh, 100%. I mean, so – and. To, to lead into this segment of, of kind of what to expect as fans and as a team at this point in the year. So I agree with you hundred percent. These next two games, we have to go to and over the next two weeks. So we can't drop one of the Patriots with, especially without Mac Jones. We cannot same old lines. Your classic SOL would be to lose to back up Brian Hoyer. Um, when we should have no business losing that game, that would be the same old lines. I would, I would have to agree with anyone who's ever said it this year. I, I'd have to. You'd have to swallow your pride and agree because that is such a same old Lions move. But I don't think that that's what we're going to see. I'm really hoping and thinking here, you know, that we're going to go 2-0 two, two and over these next two weeks. Um, it'll be – I think the team knows it and the coach knows it, and we all know it, that uh, those are essential to, to kind of saving our season. So um, the Seahawks, you know, going against the second – one of the, I think the second ranked worst defense, I think we're dead last or at least thir- 30th. I believe the Seahawks are ranked 29th in total defense uh, and 28th in total offense uh, where the Ryan, where the Lions are a top five offense. So mm. we really have to capitalize um, and, and, you know, make a statement that game. We have to beat the Patriots and then hopefully, so I never hope that like players stay injured or they are hurt, but in our case, like I hope that Dak Prescott doesn't play that game just because I'd rather have my shot at a backup quarterback than Dak Prescott. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is, you know, a top 10 quarterback by any means, um, but I've seen him put up plenty of good games and it's always easier to play against the backup than it is a starter. I mean, that's just facts. No, no, that's exactly what, I mean, I'd rather play Cooper Rush compared to <laughs> Dak Prescott any day. Like that's, just the way, that's just the way it is. I mean, they're going against Juno Smith this t- this week. This is the guy that you should beat. This is the guy. This is the guy that you should get to the quarterback. And to be honest, next week's the same thing. If you if Mac Jones isn't playing, and you're going to go against uh, a guy like you know Brian Hoyer, it's a must win game. I don't care if you're on the road or not. Exactly. No, one hundred percent. And these teams, you know, especially like the Patriots, have such a pedigree of of winning or finding ways to win. You know, not so much after TV 12 is left, but always, you know, have a winning pedigree and a winning mentality. We go into New England and win that game. I mean, I think that's going to, you know, start for one, it's going to feel great to to beat Matt Patricia and to pretty much give him a big FU, uh, which I feel like a lot of players have a lot of extra motivation. But um, but it also I mean, it it puts your team into a position of where, hey, man, the lines are coming down. You better watch out. You know, anyone can say, oh, well, they beat the Commanders. Yeah, well, the Commanders stink, right? So right. you you got to beat a couple decent teams or okay teams or teams with good coaching so that the rest of the league can get put on notice. You know, we don't want to just only beat the teams that are just god-awful. I mean, we want to start taking some from those, you know, 500 teams, those teams that are going to have winning seasons, these teams, these playoff teams. You know, we need to, we need to steal a couple from teams that should not lose to us. We need to go in there and steal a couple so that, um, you know, our players believe, our coaching staff believes, and the fans start to believe that that we really are turning turning the page and being different. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know what? One of the things that kind of pisses me off about this team, 
and this is one person in particular, and you know where I'm going with this because I talked to you pre-show about it. TJ Hawkinson. Because I to be honest, I don't even know he's out there half the time. And if St. Brown is out this week, uh like someone's gonna have to pick up the slack. And I have more confidence in a guy like Khalif Raymond or Josh Reynolds or Quinta Cephas to carry the load rather than TJ Hawkinson. And TJ Hawkinson was once a the t- tenth overall pick for the Detroit Lions. And this year he has one touchdown on the year and he has like a bunch of receptions. He has a few receptions, but his stats mirror a guy, a rookie in New York. His name is Daniel Bellinger, who was drafted in like the sixth round. This is not what you, this is not what you pay a tight end to do. And to be honest, I'm not paying him. And I don't know about you, but I know I think I know what you're gonna say. But I'm not paying the guy this year unless he gets he gets uh, like 11 touchdowns this year. He's got one on the year. He's tied for 26 in the NFL. Like it just—it's ridiculous. Look, man, I completely and utterly agree with you. Um, I know that we agree about a lot of different things, but this one is super obvious to me. Um, so I'll give you one even better. Um, he was actually, yeah, he was the eighth overall pick. So tenth, Ebron went tenth. Hawkinson went eighth. Um, in two different draft classes. So we're talking about the Lions have taken two tight ends in the top ten. Um, you know, in the last 10 years, and both of them have just been straight-up duds. Um, it sucks. It's hard. I, I hate the idea of p- picking a tight end in the first round, let alone top 10. Um, thanks, uh, Quinn Trisha. Right. But um, – I, and I hate it, dude. I hate it. But the thing is, is if you are going to take a guy like that, you need him to be a Darren Waller, a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews, um, which, by the way, none of those guys were even – like remotely picked that high. Um, Mark Andrews was a third round pick. But um, that being said, TJ Hawkinson, I do feel like he has a lot of talent. Like when you kind of see the eye test, I mean, he's tall, he's, you know, um, he's strong. He's not the toughest, you know, he gets hurt and and he, um, you know, doesn't play with that tenacity you'd like to see, but he's got good physical traits and there's no reason that he should not be able to be a top five tight end in this league. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's just not getting open, not getting that separation. Uh, you know what? If they're not giving him the the right route tree, if they're not giving him good, um, you know, routes and offensive schemes to run, like to to be able to run these routes effectively. Yeah. Um, but I do know he leads the league and he tied, he's tied for the league lead and drops. So yeah. um, you know that goes to show right, like he's getting some looks. He's just not executing. And in this league, you have to find ways to get open. And if you're constantly being open, which I don't think he is, but if he's constantly being open and he's not getting targets, I mean, you got to go up to your quarterback, you know, smack him in the head a little bit and say, hey, look, man, I'm wide open. But the times that he has connected with or tried to connect with Goff, you know, he's ran a wrong right, a wrong, yeah. a wrong route twice, one leading to an interception, a pick six yeah. uh, against the Eagles. And then another time, um, you know, the, the route was wrong. He was still able to get a hand out and get a hand on it. Um, and in this league, if you can get a hand or two on it, I mean, you, you need to be able to make those catches. So I just, I'm not like what I'm seeing out of Hawkinson so far. And I absolutely agree with you. Comes down to payday and he's asking for some money. You can go find it somewhere else, man. Okay. So let me give you these stats. Okay. He's 105th in yards and receiving in the NFL. Um, right behind him is DeAndre Swift with 77. He has 83. But listen to this. These are the tight ends that are ahead of him that, 
you kind of do you know who Juwan Johnson is? That's a I've heard of him. <laughs> he plays for New Orleans. He has more yards than, than TJ Hawkinson by one. Evan Ingram, Robert Tanyan, Logan Isn't Thomas. He's a backup tight end. Yeah, he's a backup tight end. That just shows you everything you need to know. I mean, don't even get me started with the Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts is 125 yards, and he's he's been struggling this year. But, like, you got guys like David Njoku, like, way ahead of him. Zach Ertz, who is, a, you know, a shell of himself. I mean, TJ Hawkinson's yes. been targeted a lot in this offense. He's been Daniel Bell, Daniel Bellinger from uh, the Giants. Yeah, he's got he's got one touchdown. TJ Hawkinson has one touchdown, so that really tells you everything that you need to know. You know, it, listen if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a tight end in this league, you have to have to be, especially if you want the money that you want. You got to be like uh, Travis Kelce. You got to be like a, a, a Mark Andrews, a, a guy like a George Kittle. Like those are the guys that you really have to be. If you want to get paid, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, you can't expect to demand a big paycheck if you're not putting out uh, putting out on the field, and you have extra expectations because you're a top ten pick. You're supposed to be a feature of this offense, man. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to get open. The guy's run blocking isn't even coveted. I mean, he's like average at best at his run blocking, and it's like, dude, we could find with his stats right now, we can find three of you probably sitting at home on the damn couch that didn't get drafted that can put up the same stat that you are like unacceptable, especially for a top 10 pick. Um, at, at this point, I'm like, Hey, take that money and spend it on defense and just let James Mitchell get a shot. It can't get any worse. Well, that's funny. You mentioned it because pro football focus, which I don't really, I'm not a big fan of pro football, pro football focus because I know someone who did an internship with them. And he said that literally the guys who do the grades or whatever, one of them lived in Croatia and didn't know what American football was. And the other one was lived in Spain. And he didn't know what football was. He thought it was soccer. <laughs> so that just shows you everything you need to know about pro football focus. But when I say that, when I say this, I'm, I'm saying it because I don't believe it, but it, they bring um, Brock Wright ahead of TJ Hawkinson as a tight end um, this year with the Lions. I mean, it's hard to, like, it, it sounds like a joke or it sounds like, wow, that, that doesn't sound right. But, like, can you really argue it? I, well, I, listen, I, I really can't argue it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's it's shitty to say, but, can I mean, can you argue it? It's like, I mean, that, that, that point right there, exactly, just that someone even posted that, it's like, it's just, I think it's time to move on, man, unless he really turns around. But I don't, I also don't want, to pay a guy big money because he maybe had like he balled out the last four games of the season. I don't want that either. I totally agree with you about TJ Hawkinson. I mean, it's like I said, man, it is, it is hard. Um, I don't want a guy that's going to come in and try to be, you know, Mr. Hey, I want to get paid. I've done so well for you because I balled out the last five games of the season. I don't want that either, man. Because then people are going to say, oh, yeah, but, man, he balled out the last five or six games. He balled out for the last four or five. Okay, but if we pay him, is he going to come in next year and going to stink it up for the first ten games again? Because uh, he's not showing me anything now. This year was supposed to be his year. And when you're when this year is supposed to be your year and it's a contract year and, and you're stinking it up, man, I mean, maybe he goes to another team and lights it up and he finds success. So be it. You know, I'll be happy for him, but I don't know if I think the TJ Hawkinson era in Detroit might be coming to an end. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the only way he only way he earns his good graces back is if he, you know, gets eleven touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, something like that. 
So, um, but yeah, I mean, heading into uh, Seattle this week, man, this is, this is a must win game. Um, and, and kind of what are your, what are your thoughts going into Seattle? I mean, what, what's some of the things you want to see? Well, I, I, I really just want to see them uh, play a good game, to be honest. Like, I don't want to – I know they're going to be shorthanded. You know, no DeAndre Swift. But really, he hasn't played this – he didn't play the last two weeks pretty much. I mean, he was on a snap count. Just get him healthy so we have him for the Dallas, Miami, and Green Bay game. But you look at you look at this team, and I think that there's – like I said before earlier, they've got to win these two games before the bye because you look at after the bye – yeah, Dallas is not. They're missing Dak Prescott, but they um, you're gonna be going. You're gonna be playing Miami at home, Green Bay at home. I mean, those are two tough games, and there's no, there's no question or no, you know, definitive answer that you're gonna win those games. So you gotta win. Um, you gotta win these two games here because you 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 can't go into the bye with a you know a one and four record, or God forbid you go into the bye. Yeah, with a one and four record, or let's say you go a two and three record, I'll take that too. But three and two is what I would actually what you should have. You have to, um, especially with these teams coming up. And as far as Seattle goes, man, um, you know, there's this team is a team that's basically locked into getting a top three pick. Um, I mean, they're tanking. They like, yeah, they, I mean, they are. They're not supposed to, they want, they're supposed to win. They want Bryce Young. They want CJ Stroud. Like, come on. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and as a team, I mean, we have to – we can't go down there and play down to them. We have to go up uh, – we have to play, um, you know, our, our game, and we have to go out there and we have to kick some butt. Uh, I do think that this next game we can uh, and should be able to kind of coast to a victory so we can try to get some of our guys healthier. I don't mind sitting St. Brown. I don't mind sitting Swift. I don't mind sitting Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, um, Vitae. I don't mind sitting these guys, man. I really don't because this is this should be a game that we can we can coast to. Yeah. No, it's an NFL team, right? I'm not saying that we no, just no, need to no. go out there and play Pee Wee football. It's a game you should win because you have more talent than them. I mean, obviously yeah. with the injuries, it's going to make it tough. But listen, you're going to have to win a squeaker. You're going to you're going to have to get something out of it, man. Because listen, it's going to be a tough game. Um, because you know they do have, but you can run the ball down Seattle's throats. They're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So just run the ball, take the clock, and and don't put your defense in a bad position. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I've got Jamal Williams starting in three fantasy leagues this week, so um, <laughs> I, I believe in it, man. I believe in the run game. I believe in that our you know our uh, our offensive line is a coaching carousel. We you, it's a plug and play, so I love it. Um, and I'm looking that hopefully, hopefully this is a week where we can roll out our second and third stringers for the most part, and we can still get a win and we can let some of these guys rest up. Yeah. So today, um, today's, yeah. today's Thursday. So uh, the practice report came in, uh, Josh Reynolds, TJ Hawkins and Chris board are back at Lions practice. No Swift, no St. Brown, Cybert or Jonah Jackson and DJ Tark ankle, not practicing. Listen, I'm, I'm, was the last one? DJ Tark. Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this real quick. Because I'm not gonna beat a dead horse, but DJ Tark is one of the guys that like, man, this is your like, this is like your last shot, dude. I'm not saying it's his last shot for the NFL. I'm saying it's like your last shot to be like a number one, number two wide receiver in the NFL. Because yeah. Jacksonville didn't sign you for a reason. They gave Christian Kirk all that money. Um, Jameson Williams is coming back pretty soon. 
So, and you're not going to be the number two wide receiver for him and, and St. Brown. So, you got to play your game. I really, I really would say this right now. The the best, the three best wide receivers on this team are currently playing are Josh Reynolds, St. Brown, and you could say sometimes Chark. But that, that if when James Williams comes back, he takes that spot easily. Yeah, and we need to be um, thankful that we do have a good GM man because DJ Chark was commanding a lot of money this offseason. I mean, there were reports that he was. Uh, you know, trying to command 16 to 18 million per year after seeing the Christian Kirk deal uh, on a multi on a multi year deal. He 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 signed a one year, uh, 10.4 million dollar deal with the Lions uh, as a prove it deal. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate the prove it deals because this is exactly what it protected us against: is a guy going out there making this money and not performing. So we can cut ties after this year. I love Brad Holmes for that. I love the idea that he has, and I love that he's willing to do some prove it deals, but he's not gonna you know, um, you know, live and die by these, these long-term deals or, or, you know, having upside or potential with people. So I do like it. Um, that being said with DJ Chark, you know, Hey, if he does okay, you know, so, so catches some deep balls for us. Um, and we like the guy and he's a good team player and he's a good teammate and we like him around, dude, I don't mind having him as a fourth string receiver, but I'm going to pay him fourth string receiver money. Right, uh, that's the only you know thing. I mean? Like, I'm not paying you ten million dollars to be a no. receiver. No, you know, if he comes back, but if he comes back, if he if he has maybe a down year and he comes back and he signs maybe a two year, um, ten million dollar deal, two year eight million dollar deal, sure. I mean, I got room for you. I mean, you know what I mean. You're an NFL receiver that's had a Pro Bowl season under his belt and he can stretch the field. Um, but I'm gonna pay you like a third or fourth string receiver. So. Uh, I, I think you're right. This is his last chance to really prove that he's number one or number two worthy um, because, you know, lately he's just not been. And that makes me so excited for JMO to come back, which, by the way, I saw a report that's saying he is progressing and he can he could probably uh, I think he can start practicing um, after next week. Yeah. I, I saw somewhere that he uh, he should be cleared to practice over the next week or two. Um, and we may be able to see him. Uh, I think all signs are pointing towards seeing Jamison Williams playing the first week after the bye. That's the, that would be, you know, you unleash him at Dallas. That'd be amazing. Like, I mean, obviously you're probably gonna have St. Brown healthy get once again. Um, you're probably going to have, um, you're probably going to have some guys that you, you, you thought you would have. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And for, as far as the, like, preview or the breakdown for this week i mean i'm kind of in this the boat right now where um the, i don't think that da- or uh, i'm not dallas i'm sorry i don't think that seattle is really has enough scariness anywhere for and it's gonna sound silly but to even really deserve necessarily like a game breakdown and preview i think that it's like across the board i think that everyone views this as a game we need to win and we should win um, and as long as we play like a regular, competent, normal team, I mean, as long as, you know, golf doesn't throw three picks or we don't have two or three fumbles or, um, you know, the defense literally lays down and takes a nap. I mean, outside of those things, we should be fine. Um, and that's why, like, as far as key matchups or anything you're looking at here, I don't really necessarily think that you're looking at anything from a win loss perspective. Um, I think one of the only key matchups I'll be really excited at looking at and watching is going to be uh, DK Metcalf and Jeff Okuda. 
I think that will be an interesting matchup. I really do think that when DK said that earlier, to, you know, yesterday, I mean, yesterday, obviously, um, I think when he said that he was trying to bait the Lions into into um get give them man coverage because you're yes. you're gonna you're gonna put a safety over the top of Okuda with DK Metcalf because he's a freak of an athlete. So that's yeah, what... so for those of you who don't know, DK came out recently said, "Look, there's a safety over the uh, in regards to Jeff Okuda. There's a safety over the top of him." So he's not really locking people down, but he's a good corner, end quote. Uh, that's what Metcalf told reporters yesterday. Um, and I have to agree with you. I mean, that this game is full of of mind games, um, you know, different things that you're supposed to say to get somebody riled up. Or, you know, DK is a diva. He likes the attention. He, he He's always dying his hair and wearing these big, huge earrings. And, you know, we're talking about how much he wants to get paid. And now that he got paid, you know, he's he loves attention. Um, but I think... It's going to add some extra motivation to to Jeff, and I think uh, I think you might see you know I think you might see him get riled up, man. I think DK by you know trying to say oh, but he's a good corner though at the end. It's kind of like trying to act like he's not throwing shade, but I think Jeff's going to take it personal. He's been through a lot. He's a really tough dude, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jeff Okuda going in there and trying to trying to rock and rile up uh, DK Metcalf. Oh yeah. I think that DK Metcalf, I think he's just a freaking athlete. I think he presents problems for your defense no matter what. So you're obviously going to get put a, a safety over him just to make sure that he doesn't, you know, break loose. I mean, T- Tyler Lockett's a really good light bar receiver too, which he really concerns me this week. If he's on uh, Oware, that really concerns me because Lockett's a really good wide receiver. But with the Lions – Listen, these two defenses are pretty bad, but the the, the Seahawks defense has given up 157 rush yards they've allowed per game. Um, Detroit's obviously gave up 142, but we've we the Lions rushed for 170 yards a game, and the Seahawks only rushed for 74.7. So that tells you everything you need to know in terms of the defensive rushing attacks. I mean, Seattle's not good at stopping the run either, are we? which is kind of strange because we should be better. But they can't run the ball. So, and we can run the ball at will. So that's what you have to, like, look for. Well, and you got to just pray and hope that, you know, Kenneth Walker. So I'm a, I'm a state guy. Um, I think you're a state fan too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so you're used to seeing this guy. I mean, Ken- Kenneth Walker, I mean, the guy is uh, – obviously he's a rookie, but he has got stud potential. He's um, a, yeah, he's a good player. You got to make sure he doesn't have his coming out party, yeah, you know. That, I, yeah. I, but I don't think the line, I don't think the Seahawks line is good enough to give him a going out party. No, um, I think we outmatch them in the trenches, uh, like pretty significantly. Um, but 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 with this team, they have so their quarterback's bad, which helps a lot. But you just and their offensive line's bad, which helps a lot, and their defense is bad. So all signs point towards a good thing for us. You just got to hope and just got to make sure that you keep those big old huge boom plays down to a minimum. I mean, you've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Kenneth Walker who could literally probably go off individually for, you know, an 80-yard touchdown at pretty much any moment in time. It's just like it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So you've got to, like, do your best. you got to rush, get to the quarterback, make Geno uncomfortable, and just destroy that line. Because if Geno doesn't get off good passes or he's not getting comfortable – or he doesn't feel like he can get the game set up and going, then there's no shot. But, you know, you start getting letting them get comfortable and start letting some of those guys, um, big play guys, get big plays, you know, you, you, you kind of hold your breath a little bit. So I don't, I don't think it's a big concern, 
but also like don't take it lightly that these guys do have some guys who can go off for big plays. No, I totally agree. And the points per game, the Lions averaged thirty one point seven. The Seahawks averaged fifteen point seven. I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. You know it what I mean? Be, it, shouldn't. it shouldn't be an issue. Points allowed per game twenty three point three for the Seahawks and thirty one for the Lions, which that. The points against and the points allowed is for the Lions is just ridiculous. It's literally it's point seven. Yeah, it's it's stupid. But in the last game the Seahawks played, they played uh the Atlanta Falcons and they lost twenty seven twenty three. We all know the Atlanta Falcons aren't really a good team. They got blown out by they got blown out by San Francisco twenty seven seven with uh it, with Trey Lance get breaking his ankle in that game, and then they won against Denver, which was surprising, but. The, Denver's coach wouldn't do pumpkin mode. Yeah, I mean, Denver is uh, super underwhelming, too. So you do got to look at, you know, different matchups and everything. Like I said, I don't think the Seahawks are a problem. I think that you guys can go to bed at night not worrying about the sale of Seahawks. I don't want to get too cocky and knock on wood, but I mean, I almost, I mean, I pretty much view that as like a guaranteed win. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so like the, so the, Reb, the Lions are, they're four point favorites in this game. Uh, 54% of the money is on the Lions. The Lions are 3-0 against the spread, so they've covered the spread a lot. So I I, I really do think that they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win by a touchdown or more. I just – I can't I can't buy Seattle moving the ball at will. And if they do, we really got problems because Geno Smith is, is, is a quarterback that we're – that's probably one of the guys that we're not going to be – I mean, when you look at our schedule, I mean – you wouldn't even put him in the top five of the quarterbacks that you're playing. No, I 100% agree. I think that, um, I think that going into this game, like I said, if we lose, man, knock on wood, if we lose, I will hop right on the bandwagon with everybody else and start bitching about the same old Lions. I will, I will, um, because that's a game you should not lose. But I truly, in my heart, just watching this team, watching how they play. Uh, watching this offense, I don't think there's anything to worry about in Seattle. And if if we do lose, we have a lot bigger issues to deal with because this is probably the most winnable game on our whole schedule. Uh, so this we, well, we need. Do, we do play Chicago twice, so. <laughs> Man, if we lose to Seattle, I might be worried about Chicago. Uh, like Chicago, Chicago. Seattle's a bad team, man. Seattle's a bad team. Seattle's a bad team, but Chicago might be worse. To be honest, I mean, it's just—I mean, I know they—I know they know they're two and one. I really—that's—that's <laughs> that's another story for another day. But, um, so the one question I have to ask you before we—you know—we're gonna talk. We'll give a, like our bold takes that we usually give on a on a you know game preview. But one of the things I want to ask you is: Did you know that golf is playing at a, like a really good level? I do, man. I do. I see. I think, I, I, I think people are totally missing the point. So I did. I did the research. Um, I posted on Detroit Lions news yesterday. But uh, so Jared Goff, he's twenty five percent when it's over twenty yards, but he's league average in that portion because if you looked, if you went through, did the research, I mean, the only three quarterbacks that were better, I think, were Tua, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts is, was a surprising one to be honest, and uh, I forget the other one, but he's fit, he, he's just he's he's above average in t- the twenty yards, he's above average in the ten yards, and he's above average in, uh, with passes by the line of scrimmage. 
like he so far he's played pretty pretty well and I, that's why I really don't worry about them blowing their diaper against the else because I think they're gonna move the ball at will. Yeah, and I like how Jared Gosson playing. I love his composure. I love that he's been conf- more confident. I love that he hasn't really turned the ball over. I mean, our our offense as a whole, I think we only have like one or two turnovers on the year. I think one. I think we. I think you're right. I think one. I mean, I don't think I don't remember us fumbling. No. And um, and I don't know if the stats count as turnovers if like turnover on downs, but I think we've only missed like one or two fourth downs. I don't even think that counts as a turnover though. I don't even count it as a turnover. So, so and we've just thrown one pick. So I mean, we've got to be you know in the top five at least maybe top three as far as you know efficient offenses because i mean we don't turn the ball over you know jerry goff is taking care of the ball um i'm turning i am turning my my opinion around on the fact that if this season doesn't go the way we need it to that we necessarily need to go quarterback this i feel like my opinion was never that we like necessarily need to go quarterback but if we're picking high enough to get like a, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or like a Will Levis with the like really good traits. I don't see how you like don't do it because you know this is a really really loaded quarterback class. So you want to take the high end talent when you're like worse like when you're bad enough to get it. But if we're picking any later with either pick, if we're picking any later than twelve, then I hate it. You know I want to go defense, 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 defense. I think our first five picks next year. Um, unless there's like a super stud tight end available uh, in like the third or fourth, our next five picks next year need to just be defense, defense, defense. Yeah. Well, you know, you I, I hate going defense, 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 but I see your point because we need a lot of help on defense. Like we literally need a defensive tackle. We need a linebacker. We need a cornerback. All that is, is you know, we'll see how the free agency plays a part. But, man, like Jared, I think Jared Goff has played a really good game. About yeah, good, he's, he's been, been playing good. well. He's he's really changed my opinion. But he on, has to keep he has to know. keep it up though. He has to keep it up. That's, yeah, he does. I, I, you know, because he but he's he's confident. He's he's poised. He's looking good. He's making right decisions. So you know, I know that a lot of that has to do with Ben Johnson and spike calling and how the offense is set up. It's kind of similar set up similarly to how he had it in Los Angeles, uh, which I feel like is making him very comfortable. You know, there's a lot of um, we have more of a run game. I think. I mean, they did have Todd Gurley and they did have a pretty nice run game. Um, but, you know, the mix of our run game with some of our play action and some and, and calculating our shots down the field, I really like that. We have a lot of dragging routes, a lot of crossers, um, a lot of people like receivers getting open just based on route tree alone. I think Ben Johnson has, has been a stud uh, as an offensive play caller and offensive coordinator. But I think that, you know, um, Jared Goff, it's funny because sometimes the guy who's not like – thinking he could fit the ball into every pocket or thinking he needs to take a shot 80 yards downfield. <laughs> Max Stafford. Um, um, <laughs> but, you know, a guy that maybe doesn't think of the gunslinger mentality, don't get me wrong, I love Stafford. But sometimes that's like a good thing too because we don't – you don't need to just trust your physical traits so much that you're just willy-nilly slinging this rock that all over the field, you know, trying to, to fit it under all these windows and just be some stud, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it takes a guy that's just calculated, precise, poised, and just can dink and dunk your way down the field. I mean, Tom Brady's been dinking and dunking his way down the field the Super Bowls since we started. Oh yeah, I, I'm, the way he plays is not. I, I think once I really do think that they've missed a lot of throws that could have really won them games. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. 
I think there's a lot of throws that they've made that could have been six. I think they could have made a couple of them. I think three or four, just by my recollection. But, like, I think that when James Williams comes back, I think you're going to see the offense just take off even more. Barring health. Barring health. You're going to need health. So Yeah. What the hell's going on, man, with our health? I hope we get it together and I hope we get healthy. Well, you know what's but, funny uh, is, is people blame this on the training staff and everything, but, like, none of this stuff can be prevented. Like, go look at the Chargers in, in L.A. Bosa's out. I, They've missed J.C. Jackson. Rashawn Slater's out. Justin Herbert's losing. Like, he's he's got no ribs. Yeah, you know what teams don't really miss players with injuries? Teams that play on real grass. And I wish that the Fords would put in more money and more care to put in, like, a nice – uh, real grass um, system instead of turf because turf is just ripping guys' knees and Achilles and toes uh, to shreds. Um, it's I mean, tough to play on. You could say you could say turf does it. I mean, there's there's probably some. I've always coveted. Stuff. I've always coveted the the natural grass fields, man. There, it, it would be so hard to do. It'd be a, nice. It'd be so hard to do a natural grass field in, in Detroit, though. Especially with like yeah, with the dome and everything. You're, you're, it's already a dome, so. I don't even blame it on that. I just think that, like, literally, I think that, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's, it's like the the people who say, like, oh, it's the training staff. Like, that's not the training staff. Like, injuries happen. Like, in the NFL, I always tell people in the NFL, the NHL, and sometimes the NBA, it's a battle of attrition. Like, you, you, you the most healthy team at the end probably wins the, the title. Right. Right. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. Like, you, you, can you imagine – um. Like a couple years ago, the Rams going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl without Cooper Cup or without Whitworth or without Aaron Donald. Like, you have to be healthy. Like, and some of these guys stay healthy. I mean, OBJ tore his ACL in the Super Bowl and it, it skewed things. All right, man. Bold prediction time, then, eh? Yeah, it's bold prediction time. Hey, since we started doing this week two, I'm two for two on my bowl predictions. Last week, I said Justin Jefferson was going to get held under 50 yards. You're two uh, for two. He did. You're, hey, listen, you are white hot. Like, when you <laughs> – like, last week when you were like, look it, bro. Like, I was right again. I was like, holy shit. Like, he, I, I'm i going to say right, I you, almost kind of want to do one for offense and for defense. Um, My offensive um, prediction – is that uh, Jamal Williams, he's going to get 100 on the ground, 100, 100 and a touchdown, I'll which echo, he hasn't done in quite a long time. I'll echo that point because I really think they're going to just run all over Seattle. The second bold prediction I've got for the defense, um, I think we're finally going to get some – get to, you know, get to force some turnovers and destroy their line. I am saying that uh, – that that we're gonna get, um, we're gonna hold this team to less than ten points for, and the last I don't even remember the last time the Detroit Lions held a team to, to ten or under. Oh my god, man! That, see, I was I was gonna go, I was gonna go. With Jeff Okuda gets his first interception. Okay, I think Jeff I don't Okuda, hate it. I think Jeff Okuda gets his first interception. And I echo your point about Jamal Williams. I think he's gonna eat, and I think he's gonna run all over Seattle. Yep, I'm hoping for that points allowed, man, to really take a flip. I think Aaron Glenn's gonna get pissed off. I think Jeff Okuda's pissed off, and yeah. I think that I'm I'm seeing it. I'm gonna, you know, less ten, 10 or less. Uh, I'm gonna go right on the nose. I'm gonna say that uh, we go we come out with a 27 to 10 victory. Ooh, that's a good yeah. that's a good one. 
I say it's going to be like about 27-13. I think the I think the I think the the Seahawks I think they struggle with Detroit and I think that A. Hutchinson gets two sacks too. Nice. Awesome, man. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Jeff get his first interception of the year. He deserves it. Um I almost said something about the Lions as uh, as the defense is going to get at least two interceptions as a team, but I don't know if they're quite ready for that yet. But uh we're going to say yeah, ten, I, yeah, 10 or 15. I don't know who would get the two interceptions, but you know a lot of people are going to be – I think they're going to be surprised how good Ifatu Melifon was going to be. It, with Tracy Walker out, obviously that's a big hole in your defense. With You don't need any holes in the defense right now, which I think that – And losing Tracy to a season-ending injury, man, that just – that made me sad. Yeah, that's, that was just brutal, dude. Like, it was brutal. But I think that this, you know, this is one of those times where if you have – you could finally get to see is Melifano the answer? Is uh, Kirby Joseph the answer? Is Juju Hughes the answer? And if let's say someone surprises you, you might be he might be earning himself a starting spot in the team next year. Yeah, that's going to show a lot these next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I'm I'm ready to to see what this game looks like Sunday. You know, I'll be uh, I'll be sitting in my man cave with my uh, my Swift jersey on, hoping you know, wishing that he gets back healthy. Yeah, and, and, uh, I mean, they're gonna need Swift back, but I, I was I was telling people earlier, uh, like I'd rather just have him sit out the next two weeks, him and St. Brown, because I think that they can get it done without St. Brown, and I think that would really, if the Lions won two games without St. Brown and Swift, when they come back, it's gonna be all it's gonna they're, and that's a good time to come back because you got Dallas, you got Green Bay, and you got Miami, and those are two those are three tough teams, and if you can go two and one in that stretch, playoffs. Dude, right. If we can steal, if we can steal one from Miami or Green Bay, we're in good shape. Yeah, exactly. If you can steal one from Miami or Green Bay, you're you're in really good shape. So I, I'm I'm really excited about them, and they need to win this week. That's that's basically how it goes. Hey, hell yeah, man! Uh, let's get it, baby. One All five. Right. So we are done with our podcast this week. You can you can find us on Detroit Lions News on Facebook, Detroit Lions News on Instagram, and you can go follow us on Detroit Pride on Twitter. Um, we're trying to be more active on Twitter too. So, but um, this was a good podcast, Tyler, and hopefully you're three for three in your old prediction segments. Yeah, man, I uh, I'm hoping that you uh, I'm hoping that you get on the board, and I hope uh, I hope Hefe takes one. Uh, and I'd like it to be pick six, but hey, I mean, if he can just, I just get a pick, need, I just need I just need I'm I'm coming back. I'll come back from this this whole uh, zero and two start, zero and three start. That's right. Hey, we we got you to get built get out of that hole, man, and. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game this weekend. Uh, as always, it was great being on with you and running around this podcast. I appreciate all you guys listening. Um, you guys are awesome fans, and uh, we really appreciate the feedback we get. So, you know, don't be afraid to uh, rate our podcast as well um, on the um, Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. There is a section where you can rate us. Uh, hopefully, it's it's enough good content to be a five star. It really helps us push us through the uh, the rankings when people search up the Detroit Lions. So, we appreciate it a lot. Yeah, exactly. So just rate us, and then if you don't like us, just tell us what we're doing wrong, and we'll get to it. But this has been a great podcast, Tyler. Um, I'll We'll talk after the game Sunday. Hopefully we're happy, and hopefully you have a voice. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you then. All right, see you guys then. We will see you Sunday after the game, post-game show. And Maynick might be joining us too, one of the admins on the page. So we will see you then.